Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad you tuned back in with us. My name is Benji Linder, and with me as always is Dr. Patrick Latham. Today's topic is the Bible. That's B-I-B-L-E. That's the one for me. Amen. And so I don't know the rest of the song. Uh, so how's it go? B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Yeah. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E That's it. Yeah, hey, there you go. There you go. Oh, man. All right, so let's kick it off with... We won't do two shows a night anymore, so... Okay, okay, well, we'll... That's uh, a quote from Beetlejuice. Been a long time since I've seen that movie. Uh, Then you you say his name three times and he would show up, or is that... Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Been a while, been a while. Um, 1984. Six? I'd say 89, but... 89? Yeah, okay. that'd be my guess. All right. We're, we can we'll, consult IMBD, IMDB later. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, but shifting gears a little <laughs> bit from Beetlejuice, right in, Bible reading plans. Um, so you just finished your teaching session on the Bible. So mm-hmm. if they uh, have, if you have not seen that, go ahead and look at it, uh, and this will apply to that. So first question out the gate is, how much should one read when they're reading the Bible, like quantity-wise? Should mm-hmm. it be a chapter, multiple chapters, mm-hmm. verses? And could one read too much or too little? Too little? Yeah, it's kind of like um, dependent upon the individual. You know, it's kind of like food intake. Everybody's different, you know, number of calories they need. Mm-hmm. It would be cool if you had, like, how you have those calorie calculators online. Have you ever seen those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be cool if you had that, like, Based on my spiritual age and where I am, my spiritual maturity, how much scripture do I need to read each day? Uh, but the reality is, you know, I don't think uh, quantity is as important as quality. At the same time, I'd make an argument for quantity. Like I make it my goal to read through the Bible each year. And on average, that's like four chapters a day or something. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, some people are kind of against what you would call a cursory reading or just reading. Um, but I find that you, in doing that, you just build up this knowledge base of God's word. You do it year after year after year. And then you just become so more familiar with the scope of God's revelation, who he is and how he's worked in the lives of people in the past. And, you know, Paul tells us in one of his letters that the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning so that we through patient endurance or hope, may have hope. I can't remember the exact quotation. Yeah. If you got a question on scripture memory later, we do. I, I'm <laughs> dropping the ball on my memory there, but you get, you get, the, right, gist, you get right. the gist. So Paul, you know, highlights the importance of reading. So, so I would say there's benefit in reading that kind of four or five chapters a day. But however, comma, if you're not at the place to do that, realize that God's not up there with like, you know, the Scrabble you know, scorebook or the Yahtzee scorebook you there know, you saying, you did you do everything I wanted you to do today? The, the goal here isn't to check something off the list. The goal is to have fellowship with God, to interact with him, um, to receive encouragement from him. I have a friend who's a, a chaplain in the U.S. Army. He's in Korea right now, but his kind of saying was when it came to devotions, we would talk about devotional time and he would say, make sure it's life-giving. You know, so again, this isn't about a task to be accomplished. This is about your soul being nourished. So really approach it like you would a meal. You know, you sit down 
at the table, what do you need? You need nourishment. Now, we know in America, part of the problem sometimes is we get overnourished when we sit down to eat our physical meal. Then on the spiritual side, we get undernourished when we sit down to have our spiritual meal. So make sure you're getting the nourishment you need. Don't focus on an amount, a number like that. You know, I found it helps to focus on time sometimes. Like, hey, I'm going to give 20 minutes to this and then pray that the Lord would bless you, nourish you and strengthen you during that. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, some folks like me need to intermitter it. Uh, I didn't even say that right. Intermittent. Yeah, of course. Intermittent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what I was trying to say yeah. there. But anyway, um, but I think that's helpful. Uh, not putting a target, uh, putting, having goals, but being realistic with that. Maybe you meant intermediate. I think that's what I was trying to okay, say. Okay. So yeah. like, like, not this huge goal, like something right. more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Intermittent would be you're doing it different times that day. So yeah. Intermediate. Yeah. yeah that's good. Um, and there's times for me, like I'm a pastor, I got degrees and everything in Bible, but there's sometimes like, man, I'm so busy today. And, and the temptation is if you've got like, if, if you have this goal that like to spend time with God, I've got a journal for 20 minutes, read eight, pa- eight pages of the Bible, you know, and read my three different devotional books. What happens when you got a busy day or say, well, I don't have time for it. So there's times, you know, I'm going on a trip, got to get up early, go to the airport. And um, I've learned that if I just say, hey, three minutes with the Lord right here, five minutes with the Lord right here, you know, obviously I want more of that on a regular basis. But by having this big, lofty concept of what it means to spend time with God, you by default, um, you know, shut yourself down to spending time with the Lord in shorter periods of time. Right. And it's just all backwards. You're making time with God about a task instead of about a relationship. So quality over quantity. Absolutely. I get this question a lot. I'm sure you do too. Where should new believers start reading in the Bible? Man, I always go back to um, when I became a believer. I had, I, I can still remember, I became a believer on Sunday morning service. I went back to the counseling room. Like they took you back down this hallway and it's like, where am I going? <laughs> That's right. It's like, what are they going to do to me? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I went back there and I remember the guy counseling me and I was nervous, but he counseled me and then he opened his Bible and he showed me Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Um, he showed me that and then he told me, hey, the Proverbs are real simple, straightforward instruction for life. Can't go wrong reading the Proverbs. Why don't you start reading a proverb a day? And um, 31 Proverbs in the whole book, you read a proverb a day, you read it each month. And so for a long time, I did that as a part of my daily devotional time. Throughout college, I did that. You know, the old saying is apple a day keeps the doctor away. I say a proverb a day, book of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. A proverb a day keeps the stupid away. Yeah. So that was kind of my I, mantra when I was. That may be my life verse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I like so, that. Yeah. So he told me that, and then he said, um, he threw out James and Philippians. He said both real practical, easy to understand. So I can remember reading Philippians like over and over again. Like, oh, I read through it again. You know, it was like a big deal at first. Well, I read one chapter of the Bible. Like, whoa, I did a lot today. Then I got to where I was reading Philippians. Like, well, it's not that long. I'd read it in one sitting each time. Gotcha. That's good. Uh, what about study Bibles? Okay. Any of those that you would like to recommend to folks? Yeah. Um, I, when I first became a believer um, or young Christian, my brother, um, it's kind of funny for him to do it. You know, he he knew kind of where I was spiritually, I guess. 
and he got me for a gift. I can't remember Christmas or birthday, a life application study Bible. So, um, I found that was like immensely helpful. Dude, I can still remember reading the Old Testament and thinking, why is like Jesus not mentioned by name? Like I knew there was all these stories about Jesus in the Bible. Like when am I going to get to those stories? Right. You know, it's like um, watching, you know, episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars and be like, where's Darth Vader? Right. Like, when's he going to show up? You know, right. so it's like. He was there. Yeah, he was there. Just like, oh, you, I like <laughs> yeah, where you're yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's a like, sermon there. I know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Different outcome, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he was good, Jesus is a good guy. All right. Um, so unless there's an episode 10, 11, 12. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I can remember like, why is it he mentioned my name? Where is he? Didn't he like feed 5,000 people? When's that going to happen? Like, right. It, so I just didn't know anything. I remember I went to a Christian college and uh, because I was feeling the Lord called me to preach, but still had like relatively low Bible knowledge. And we had chapel at the Christian college, and the speaker, because I was tall, wanted me to be King Saul on the stage for an object lesson. And I remember being up there, like, sweating, like, dude, he's going to ask me something about King Saul. I have no idea who this guy is. Like, what am I going to do? So um, I just had relatively very low Bible knowledge. Um, and then it was hard to read. Like, you would shift gears and go into a new book of the Bible. Like, what's going on? Like, Song of Solomon, what's up? This is totally different than what I was reading before. Like they were telling stories back in Samuel and Kings. This doesn't make any sense. I remember reading Jeremiah and just feeling like I was swimming in the deep end mm -hmm. and having leg cramps, you know, like not going to survive. <laughs> right. So my, I got that life application study Bible. That really helped. So I use that because that's real simple and straightforward. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good starting place. And then I really enjoyed the John MacArthur study Bible for years. That was kind of training wheels with life application then graduated to the BMX with the That's right. yeah, with well, the, the John MacArthur study Bible. And uh, that was just great for years. And now I don't, I don't use one. It's just straight Bible, you know, but for years, those two man really helped me, really blessed me. So. Uh, and I would recommend the MacArthur study Bible as well. Mm -hmm. I have it in multiple translations now. And of course I think we would disagree with some of his theological viewpoints, yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as the quality of there, you know, the commentary at yeah. the bottom and now I've transitioned. I think Robbie Gallaty one day talked about this where I'm, I have a journal Bible now, like the dude version. Okay. Not yeah. the one with the things you color in like yeah, the girls, yeah, but the the, cover yeah. <laughs> so this is a dude version, uh CSB journaling Bible. Yeah. So that's been really, really neat. Missed the cross references. So there's none of yeah. that. But um, to journal each day, that's my goal is to journal something about a verse or cool. multiple verses. So good. Good. Um, that's been good. So we run into this problem where, and at least I've seen this, where we're really good of um, pushing Bible intake and we present multiple plans. Even in our church, we have multiple plans available. You can pick up a brochure. So we have Bible intake is very much in front of our people. But what I see sometimes is a problem of Bible intake versus Bible obedience. Yeah. yeah. And so talk about that a little and how that has impacted the church. Yeah, that, that's, um, man, that, yeah, that's a, that's an issue. That's mm -hmm. a problem, you know, and, um, it's not, it's nothing new under the sun. Sure. You know, James talked about it, be doers and not hearers only. You know, he goes right after saying that in chapter one of his letter, he goes on to talk about the prejudice treatment within the church in chapter two. Um, and then you go on later, there was fights like fist fights in the church. So these people roll up in the church and hear him preaching, then fist fights during the week. So, um, 
nothing's new, nothing's changed. That's still a problem. You know, um, you see it in ancient Israel as well. You see it with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is like, you know, you make wide your phylacteries, but then inside you're like uh, full of dead man's bones, you know. So nothing new, um, but but it is an, a, an issue. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. Maybe it's even highlighted now where you have uh, Bible studies uh, galore, you know, and people have books, and they've been through courses, and they've done every study by this author, and they almost would say, I'm a follower of so-and-so, you know, they're so into the Bible study. Now you, you got where you actually spend money like you're going to a rock concert for a Bible study, you know, right? and it's recorded and they sell DVDs, yet there's a problem with uh, obedience. There was years ago a book uh, written called The Scandal of the Evangelical Conscience, I think was the name. Okay. Great little book and short read, but in it had research and statistics on things like divorce, drunkenness, adultery, and just measured evangelical Christians in their per capita engagement in such things against uh, non-Christians and their engagement in such things. And sadly, the statistics were about the same. So, you know, cultural Christianity perhaps breeds that to a degree, but it is an issue. It's something you have to be aware of. I can remember this guy, it was kind of funny in a way, but sad, telling me one time, he was asking me about all the Bible, the women's Bible studies we had at our church. And he said, you know, I can't help but notice my, my wife comes home with these huge notebooks where she filled in all the answers to and all the blanks and studying all this stuff. She's gone two to three hours a night for these studies. When she gets back, she still talks to me like I'm dirt, you know? Yeah. It's like, what are they teaching down there? It's like, man, I'm sorry. That's the reality is that um, we, we've missed it somehow. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we've missed the great, the great Commission. Teaching them somehow has got divorced. That phrase has got divorced from the latter half of teaching them to obey all things that I've commanded you. So we, we've got to get to a place where we're real, that discipleship isn't information. Discipleship is transformation. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what you know. Show me how you live. It's not, there's an old axiom. It's not the truth you know. It's the truth you obey. Mm-hmm. That's important. How to preach. Yeah. Have you used that during sermon? Oh, yeah. I would, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I like right. that. Well, that's good. So this is a slightly lighter uh, subject, shifting gears. Um, I heard someone say recently, I was I listened to a podcast of a sermon, and I think I know who said it, but I don't want to misquote. But they said something along the lines of, we are not commanded in Scripture by God to read Scripture. Instead, we are commanded to memorize and meditate on Scripture. And you talked about mm-hmm. Psalm 119 earlier. So tell me your thoughts on that right there. Yeah, I'm a semantics guy. You know, I, I split every little word and split hair. So I'd say, um, yeah, scripture encourage, encourages is the word I would use right. reading. You know, right. you see that. So I don't want to undermine the importance of reading. Like I've just seen a great benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I go back to you store up that knowledge base and just that general awareness of God's revelation, even when you're just reading. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't want to, I would be careful not to minimize the importance of reading, but you know, whoever said that is, is probably using a device we often use as preachers or teachers. You know, you kind of minimize something to highlight something else. Mm-hmm. So I get the spirit of it. Right. He's highlighting the importance of obeying. What were the right. two things? 
So um, memorizing and meditating. Memorizing and meditating. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll give the speaker the benefit of the doubt and Mm -hmm. say, okay, I think what he's trying to do there is not to diss the idea of reading the Bible, but he's trying to highlight the idea of memorizing and meditating on it. And, and I would, I would concur. I would agree with that, that, you know, we can't just stop with reading that there's so much more involved with our interaction with the Bible beyond that. Mm -hmm. And you're you're not going to experience a life trans transforming power of scripture until you move to that memorizing and meditating stage. I can remember um, encouraging a family member on one occasion to get with it on reading scripture, got him a study Bible, encouraged him in that regard. And I remember coming back and, uh, you know, well, I tried reading it. I couldn't understand anything. I started in Ezekiel chapter one. That's the weirdest mess I've ever read in my life, you know. And you're like, hey, there's a need for understanding. Right. There's a need for meditating. Um, and, and indeed, that's an extreme kind of funny sure. example that there's many people in the same place. They just cursory reading. They glaze over it without saying, what does it mean to me? You know, I think about missionaries on the field who use the old SOS technique. Um, SOS, when they teach new converts in China how to interact with the Bible, they say, go SOS, what does it say? What do I need to obey? And what do I need to share? Mm -hmm. So almost if you just took that in every devotional time and found the verse that really kind of hits you when you get that gut punch or like that, wow, the light bulbs go off. That's Mm -hmm. for me today. Write down that SOS. And that, what do I, what does it say? What do I need to obey? What do I need to share? And that will move you beyond this mere, just kind of flippant, casual reading of the Bible and move you into real discipleship. Yeah. That's good. Do you have any tips for scripture memory? Um, maybe app or anything at all? Yeah. Find what works for you. Um, fighter verses. I, I think Desiring God puts that out. Um, I have a friend who's used that and that's been great for him. There's also a ministry, I can't remember the name of it, I wish I do. They put a lot of like chapters of the Bible to song, to music. We have a CD that the kids listen to in I the car. That. Yeah. So and at first it's kind of funny. It's like singing a chapter of the Bible, but it'll be a catchy tune where you can memorize it with music. Um, do what works for you. I found that what works for me, I like to write. I've got a moleskin with my prayer list. I've shared that with you before, mm-hmm. but I'll just pick a verse for the week normally, and I write it out five times in the morning in my devotional time. I found by three or four days, I've got that baby down, you know. And then also my accountability partner asked me each Friday, most Fridays we talk, did you memorize any scriptures past week? And that's when I recite what I've memorized. Gotcha. That's good. Uh, what's helped me the most is probably teaching a passage mm-hmm. because, I mean, how yeah. many times for a sermon that you've looked at that passage time and time and time again, then yeah. you read it. And so I, I don't think sometimes we forget about that aspect. Yeah. And you're saying, hey, if I don't if I'm not teaching someone right now, I'm not that's not a good tool for me. Well, my encouragement is to obey the Great Commission is to do that, to yeah, to yeah. teach, to make disciples, teaching them to obey uh, the commands of Christ. So, um, well, that wraps up today's uh podcast on the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on basic Christian life. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. 
If you have any questions about the materials presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.